This is an audio version of Avoiding Extreme Global Vulnerability as a Core AI Governance Problem from the AGI Safety Fundamentals course, Core Curriculum on Governance. Much has been written framing and articulating the AI governance problem from a catastrophic risks lens, but these writings have been scattered. This page aims to provide a synthesised introduction to some of these already prominent framings. This is just one attempt at suggesting an overall frame for thinking about some AI governance problems. It may miss important things. And there was a footnote here. In particular, this document's framing of the AI governance problem aims to synthesise several framings that have been collectively highlighted in writing by the researchers Bostrom, Cristiano, Critch, Defoe, Ord, Yudkowsky, and Zabel and Mulhauser, with links here to examples, among others, especially the following framings. Concerns over value erosion from competition or a race to the bottom on AI. That is, dynamics of intense, unconstrained competition leading to bad outcomes. Expectations that advanced AI deployment will be highly centralised or that it will be highly decentralised. The vulnerable world hypothesis, including concerns over risks from many actors having the ability to unilaterally take harmful action with AI. Framing of AI governance as a coordination problem. Concerns that there will be trade-offs between the performance and safety or other important values of AI systems, and in particular, that AI safety will add significant development time to any AI project. And concerns over the potential for bad value lock-in, such as lasting authoritarian regimes, especially if AI governance is too coordinated. Back to the main text. Some researchers think that unsafe development or misuse of AI could cause massive harms. A key contributor to some of these risks is that catastrophe may not require all or most relevant decision-makers to make harmful decisions. Instead, harmful decisions from just a minority of influential decision-makers, perhaps just a single actor with good intentions, may be enough to cause catastrophe. For example, some researchers argue if just one organisation deploys highly capable, goal-pursuing, misaligned AI, or if many businesses, but a small portion of all businesses, deploy somewhat capable, goal-pursuing, misaligned AI, humanity could be permanently disempowered. Footnote. Other examples? If just one actor misuses AI by making and deploying weapons that are widely harmful, for example, bioweapons, that could cause global devastation. And if just some actor or actors pursues much influence while sacrificing important values, they may get that influence while lastingly reducing the value of how the influence will be used. Back to the main text, we just read humanity could be permanently disempowered. The above would not be very worrying if we could rest assured that no actors capable of these harmful actions would take them. However, especially in the context of AI safety, several factors are arguably likely to incentivize some actors to take harmful deployment actions. Here's a list of factors. The first one, misjudgment. Assessing the consequences of AI deployment may be difficult, as it is now, especially given the nature of AI risk arguments so some organisations could easily get it wrong, concluding that an AI system is safe or beneficial when it's not. And there was a footnote after AI risk arguments. Overconfidence may be especially likely if good arguments for AI being risky happen to be complex, theoretical, or focused on catastrophes that have never happened yet. See, for example, the paper Risks from Learned Optimization in Advanced Machine Learning Systems for an example of arguments that some researchers see as correct, despite their potentially unintuitive wrappings. Back to the main text, here's the second factor arguably likely to incentivize some actors to take harmful deployment actions. Winner-take-all competition. If the first organization or organizations to deploy advanced AI are expected to get large gains, while leaving competitors with nothing, 
competitors would be highly incentivized to cut corners in order to be first. They would have less to lose. Footnote here says, this can be thought of as a commitment problem. The initially leading AI developer cannot credibly commit to sharing its gains, so other AI developers create global risk to get ahead, leaving everyone worse off than they could have been. Back to the main text, here's the next factor, externalities. By default, actors who deploy advanced AI first by cutting corners would stand to receive all of the potential benefits of their deployment, while only incurring a small fraction of the added global risk, especially if they're only concerned with the interests of a small group. And the last factor listed here, race to the bottom. The above dynamics may involve a dangerous feedback loop. If I expect someone to deploy advanced AI unsafely or to misuse it, I'm incentivized to cut corners to beat them to it, even if I'm completely informed and concerned about all the risks. After all, I may think that my deployment would be less dangerous than theirs, and that may incentivize them to cut more corners in a vicious cycle. Footnote. Wouldn't I anticipate this and therefore not cut corners in the first place? Hopefully, but I may lack the foresight to do that. I may be willing to take the risk of the other actor undercutting me, in hopes that it won't happen, or to strengthen my negotiating position by demonstrating resolve. And I may have political incentives to pursue a merely temporary lead. Alternatively, if I am close enough to deployment, others may be unlikely to beat me by further cutting corners. Back to the main text. Multiplying the difficulty of the above problem, a few factors are arguably likely to create many opportunities for actors to carry out catastrophically harmful deployment. And there was a footnote here. Technically, the effect of these factors isn't quite multiplicative. Back to the main text. First, delayed safety. There may be a substantial delay between when some organisation knows how to build powerful AI and when some organisation knows how to do so safely. After all, such safety delays are common in many industries. Additionally, it may be infeasible to solve AI problems before risky AI capabilities are created, since these capabilities may provide testbeds and tools that are critical for solving safety problems. This delay may be the period of especially high risk. Soon after this delay ends, risks from unsafe AI may be greatly reduced, because incentives to deploy it may be lower, and safe AI may increase humanity's resilience. And the next opportunity? Rapid diffusion of AI capabilities. Soon after some actor becomes capable of deploying unsafe AI, many other actors may also gain that capability. After all, recent AI advances have diffused quickly, including internationally. Information security weaknesses could cause AI advances to diffuse even faster. The number of actors explicitly aiming to develop general AI has been increasing, and that trend may accelerate when general AI is seen as being more within reach. And there was a footnote here after including internationally. It reads... About one year after OpenAI announced GPT-3, a language model with an unprecedented number of parameters, researchers at the Chinese company Huawei released a comparably large model, though some researchers caveat that large language models in China have been created mostly through replication and that they have significantly worse performance. Within about half a year after that, a total of roughly six AI developers, also including ones in South Korea and Israel, have released similarly large language models. Additionally, within two months after OpenAI announced the cutting-edge image generation model Dolly 2, Google released a similar, and by some metrics better, model. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the text. Overall, then, we may be headed towards a significant period of time in which many actors will have the capacity and incentives to, unintentionally, deploy catastrophically harmful AI. This would be a highly risky state of affairs, a vulnerable world, a recipe for catastrophe, does the existence of this possibility spell doom? Not necessarily. 
In the above situation, risk comes from the fact that many actors are able and incentivized to deploy dangerous AI for a substantial period of time. Many aspects of that situation can at least theoretically be changed, reducing risk. Some footnotes here. The first reads, Note that we reached our conclusion about potential danger without assuming that AI safety or alignment are extraordinarily difficult technical problems. And the next, Not only is constraining competition plausibly and debatably necessary for AI safety, it is also arguably nearly sufficient for ensuring that AI is safe. With competition constrained, AI developers' incentives for self-preservation may be enough for them to invest sufficiently in safety, especially if preliminary safety research and advocacy has been done. Back to the text, here are some examples of high-level approaches that could theoretically change aspects of the situation. First, non-proliferation. Actors might coordinate to slow the diffusion of the capability to deploy overly risky AI, reducing the number of actors who can unilaterally make harmful decisions. Footnote, this could mean slowing the diffusion of knowledge about how to create risky AI, but it could also mean slowing the diffusion or restricting the availability of critical inputs other than knowledge. Mergers or joint R&D projects could also reduce the number of independent unilateralists. Back to the text. Here's the next approach, deterrence. Actors might coordinate to create disincentives, for example political, regulatory, economic, cultural, against deployment actions that cause global risk, countering problems from externalities. Additionally, deterrence of proliferation can advance non-proliferation. Next approach, assurance. Actors might coordinate or create mechanisms to credibly assure each other that they are not developing or deploying overly risky AI, reducing others' incentives to preempt them with even more rushed deployment. Next approach, awareness. Actors might help potential AI developers be well-informed about risks, reducing misjudgment. Next approach, sharing. AI developers might coordinate or create mechanisms to credibly commit to sharing the benefits and influence of AI, mitigating harmful winner-takes-all incentives. Potential commitment mechanisms include the windfall clause, the institutional and cultural commitment mechanisms of OpenAI's charter and LP announcement, new multilateral institutions, and AI-based mechanisms. And the last approach, speeding up safety. Actors might shorten or, if possible, eliminate the period in which dangerous deployment decisions are possible, but affordable predictive technologies have not yet been developed, for example, through technical work on safety. Eliminating this delay would, of course, be ideal. It would nearly solve these problems. However, for the reasons discussed in the earlier section on delayed safety, this may be infeasible. If that's the case, then technical safety work is in principle insufficient for making it very likely that AI is safe. The problems discussed in this document would still arise and need to be dealt with. That's end of that list. In addition to their relevance to AI alignment, most of these arguments arguably transfer to concerns over catastrophic misuse of narrow AI, as well as to broader concerns over value erosion from competition or perhaps other coordination failures among AI systems. That suggests guardrailing competition on AI is robustly valuable. However, some researchers worry that an overly centralised approach to AI development could have some risks of its own, such as bad value lock-in or AI-enabled authoritarianism. This was an audio version of Avoiding Extreme Global Vulnerability as a Core AI Governance Problem, part of the core curriculum for the AGI Safety Fundamentals Governance course. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.